You may be seated. As we prepare to meditate upon God's word again this morning for us, what do I hear today in the message? What do I hear today in the message? What does God's word have to say about this? What does God's word have to say about this? And how will this affect me in the next seven days? God's grace and peace be with you on this, the Lord's day. How many of you were here in worship last week? Pastor Nathan preached on 1 Corinthians 7. How many of you were here? When he got done, I said, man, that was a great sermon, sort of. Some of you remember that word, right? No, it was an awesome sermon as uh, Paul was writing about some unique things, and it was really probably hard in just reading to process. He was talking about married and singleness, and and Pastor Nathan did a, a wonderful job reminding us that everything in life is next to last, because the one who has the last word, well, Pastor Nathan also highlighted that some of us like to have the last word. How many of you like to have the last word, especially at home, right? Yeah, right? There's quite often we want to have the last word, but uh, it was a great reminder as I entered my week last week that everything else is next to last, and the one who has the last word is Jesus. There is the last word. So, so let me ask you, in the past seven days, who had the last word in your life? In the past seven days, who had the last word? Did, did Jesus have the last word in your days? Or did others try to insert their words into your week? and into your life. I I ask that because as we prepared for worship this week, the gospel reading from Mark chapter 1 just echoed all that we meditated upon last week, that Jesus has the last word and everything else is next to last. Here again, some of the verses from our gospel reading that Nathan just read. The demon-possessed man cried out, Jesus, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. We're using the Gospel of Mark in our worship uh, throughout this year. And Mark's the shortest gospel, and it's filled with two words. The word and, and the word immediately are throughout that gospel reading, and, and immediately. It's a quick, fast-paced, moving gospel. I mean, Jesus calls His first disciples in chapter 1, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and then James and John. They leave their vocations of fishing, and immediately they follow Jesus. And immediately they observe Jesus teaching with authority, and immediately they witness Jesus' handle a situation that's before us today. Demon possession. Unclean spirits. And before you poo-poo that, unclean spirits are still present today. We perhaps write them off with all kinds of other answers. But when you see the demonic, you'll be... You'll be right in the presence of the reality that we live in right now. So listen to that conversation again that's taking place there in Mark 1. The demon-possessed man 
cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. In those words spoken by the unclean spirits to our Savior, three really key things are happening right there. It's it's interesting, the, the man who's possessed walks into the synagogue, a place where God's Word's going to be studied. And this unclean spirit speaks out. Look how he speaks. What have you to do with us? Plural. Many. Have you come to destroy us? Plural. Many unclean spirits. I know who you are. Singular. They're unified. One, the unclean, evil spirits, many, and yet one. The one whom they follow, the devil, had just finished with the temptation of Jesus out in the wilderness. The one they follow, the father of all lies, they speak the same, these unclean spirits. They were bold enough to go after our Lord. They're bold enough to go after all who follow Him. Second, the unclean spirits are very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. They speak the truth of Jesus' identity. They speak His name. Jesus of Nazareth. His name means the one who saves. They speak His title. You're the Holy One of God. And third, They're very knowledgeable about his task. It's there in the question from the spirits. Have you come to destroy us? (laughs) And we know the answer. Jesus' task is one of destruction for them. To take away sin and death and hell and all of the evil things. So his answer to them Well, it will be a yes, I have come to destroy you. So, many yet one, knowledgeable with his identity and knowledgeable with his task. And we might be quick again to just skip past some of these stories in the gospel. Yeah, it's another time. Jesus is dealing with the demonic and gosh, I haven't experienced that. It's it's not a thing I need to focus on in my daily living. But brothers and sisters in Christ, as I shared before, and I'll share again, the demonic is real. In my study, I have resources to help us as we deal with the demonic. I don't know if you know, we have a sort of a a Lutheran exorcism guide. It's called a house swept clean because the unclean spirits continue their attack. And then the unclean spirit assumes a false authority. It was believed in that day that if one spoke the name of a spirit, they had control over it. So look what that unclean spirit does. I know who you are. You're Jesus. He takes His name. You're the Holy One of God. He takes His title. 
And the false authority is right there appearing as if he could control Jesus. And then Jesus responds. Two words. What are Jesus' first two words there in Mark 1? Be silent. Literally, be muzzled. And in a rough sort of way, shut up. I'm picturing Peter and Andrew and James and John. They had just been called into following Jesus. And we were discussing this in our staff meeting this week. Imagine the disciples, while they immediately leave their jobs, leave their boats, their nets, their father, and all, everything, they follow Jesus. They go in the synagogue. They watch him teach with authority. And then, evil spirits. <laughs> we were wondering if they had a side discussion. You know, I think we're going to go back to fishing. No, Jesus speaks into it and He shows him not only does He teach with authority, but He commands with authority. Two words. Be silent. And in His authority, He also brings restoration. Jesus gets the last words to the unclean spirit and the man who has been bound by them is freed though they tried their hardest even when they left Him. So let me go back to Pastor Nathan's sermon last week and the past seven days. Who had the last words in your days in this past week? Was it the demonic and the unclean spirits who tried to take authority? Was it your own broken flesh and our sinful nature that tried to have the last words into your days? Was it the world, the broken world in which we live that tries to take authority of our lives? Was it the world that sought to speak the last words into your day? Whatever it was, know this. Jesus still lives, and He still speaks, and He still teaches, and He still commands, and He still restores, and He, brothers and sisters in Christ, is the one who always has the last words. To the unclean spirits, our Lord says, be silent. We're reminded in the New Testament that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, including the evil spirits that Jesus is Lord and so He has the last word over them. He has the last word over all the false narratives that perhaps your own sinful nature is led to believe. Those false narratives that we repeat over and over again in our heads and in our hearts. Those false narratives about value and worth, about guilt and shame, about past decisions. Or as the hymn just pointed out, the false narratives of doubt and pride and greed and fear, to all of them Jesus says, be silent. And all the clamoring of the world, all the clamoring of the world that tries to point out that your identity is found in something besides the one who is called Jesus of Nazareth, to all of that clamoring, Jesus says, be silent. 
to everything that perhaps you're tempted to shape your identity upon that is outside of Christ and Him crucified and raised from the dead, Jesus says, be silent. Things that are even good in themselves but become consuming, Jesus says, be silent to our social media presence, our land holdings, our athleticism, our intellect, our sexual identity, our diagnosis, our reputation, whether positive or negative. To each one of those, Jesus says, be silent, be muzzled. I have the last word. He says, be silent to them. And then to you, to His redeemed, He comes and He speaks more words. Words, as Pastor pointed out last week, that speak of freedom and forgiveness. Words that bring restoration and renewal, hope and peace, eternity and the assurance of salvation. Moses had prophesied there in Deuteronomy that the Lord would send one who would speak the very Word of God, fulfilling God's desire. And it's Jesus who has been sent into our lives and brothers and sisters in Christ today and tomorrow and this next week. Who has the last word? Jesus does. Because His Word endures forever. May God grant us such faith by the power of the Spirit to know that He silences those other voices and His voice will continue to speak assurance to us. In His name we pray. Amen. I invite you to take your hymnal and we turn back to Hymn 541. Hymn 541. And I would like for us to pray together verbally. Stanzas 3, 4, and 5. So hymn 541, we join together and pray verbally. Let us pray. O risen Christ, God's living word, to us we pray draw near. Come speak the truth that cleanses sin with love that conquers fear. Drive out the doubt that cripples faith. Expel our pride and greed that we from powers that threaten us may by your grace be free. Then help us, Lord, to greet each day with hearts and wills made new. And when you call us forth to serve, to rise and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.